Good morning. I'm Sanaa and you're listening to Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. Every Monday morning, I'm joined by experts from across the country who are investigating our most pressing social issues and common curiosities. Over the next hour, you'll learn about their inspirations, motivations, and of course, what they know about the world around us. So grab that cup of coffee and get ready for a fun and insightful conversation. Memphis is a music city and I would say the music city, home of the blues, home of rock and roll, and of course, home to 3-6 Mafia, who launched a whole new subgenre of hip-hop music. Memphis has left an indelible mark on music of many genres, and so it's no surprise that the city is full of talent. I mean, on any given night, you can find live music, But you know, it's the start of spring that does something special because it means the kickoff of Memphis music festivals. This year, Memphis welcomes the Listen Out Loud R&B and Hip Hop Festival featuring Mackenzie Thomas. This festival was created to promote local artists on a local and national platform highlight women in the industry, you know I love that, and tell the story of Memphis music nationally. This morning, I'm joined by the Listen Out Loud event curator, Jay Whitlow. Jay Whitlow is a native Memphian, a connector of young professionals, an entrepreneur, community leader, and a former member of the Bill Street Tourism and Development Board. He is the owner and creative director for Privilege Memphis, Through this organization, he has hosted workshops on brand management and business development, served as a motivational speaker at several schools and youth organizations, hosted the first ever Privileged Memphis Music Festival at the historic Handy Park on Beale Street, and hosts the annual Evolution of Cocktails event. So I am so pleased to welcome Jay Whitlow here with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Yo, what's up? (laughs) Appreciate you, uh, <laughs> give my radio yo <laughs> yo thank you so much for having me it's uh i'm excited to be here and talk about the show and i'm excited to talk about the show with you yes yes well i am so excited i was so happy to see that you were creating this event i love the mission and kind of the overall vision right of you know putting on local artists giving them that platform um focusing of course highlighting women in the industry but that third piece i think is so important of really talking about memphis music um because You know, I think as Memphians, we do have a bit of that grit and grind underdog mentality. Um, And I think with music, some of that kind of comes through too, because we have this great history of music um, that does get recognized. But at the same time, we have so much new music and new artists that I think sometimes can get overlooked, particularly when it comes to R&B and hip hop. Um, So I'm so excited. And of course, I had to have you on to give us more about this event and so i'm just so glad that you said yes yeah i'm just i'm I'm, i am always excited to come have dope conversations uh with good people you've always been one of my favorites so this is i'm just as excited yes all right so we have this listen out loud r&b hip-hop festival so first just kind of give our listeners the details for folks who may be like wait a minute i'm missing out on a music festival let me get this on the calendar so kind of just give us some general details so it all goes down April 16th <laughs> at the historic Handy Park on Beale Street. Um, we have a legendary lineup. Well, let, we have a dope lineup, right? Mackenzie Thomas is a semifinalist on The Voice season 15, but can sing, sing, sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who follows her knows that she doesn't really do a lot of duets. So what makes this dope is that she has agreed to do a verse for verse set with uh, Doll McCoy. Uh, super excited about that doll is just a singing machine here in Memphis. Uh, beautiful, beautiful voice. Um, I definitely think it's gonna just create a magical mu- music moment on stage for music lovers. Uh, we've got Tyke T hosting, um, Franceschi. We've got Millie Manny, uh, young cat gone viral a couple times from Memphis, uh, goes to TSU, like just super dope. We've got uh, Anthony Q, 
um, local artist. I've worked with him before, knew him when he was in college, just a young cat. And so it's exciting to see him uh, still doing and pursuing music. Um, nice following, just a really good, uh, when you talk about grit and grind sound, he's got like that that hood R&B sound. Uh, and it's, it's a real thing, and, but just a, still a good talent. Look, who else do we have? I said Don McCoy, McKenzie, Francesca, Millie, Manny, AQ, um, Tag T. And we got the Battle of the Female DJs. Like, I'm super, super excited to have uh, female DJs. Um, you know, I've been in entertainment for a long time, and I can personally say I've never booked a female DJ to DJ any of our events. And it is not because I have an issue or anything. It's just it's never been in the limelight, or I've never been around uh, – a lot of female DJs, uh, but here recently we have. And so what I thought would be dope is that when we're celebrating culture and Memphis culture, like it embodies all of this. And we have such phenomenal female DJs that I wanted to take the time to highlight uh, those women in their industry and put them on stage so they can see, um, yo, females are here uh, in the city of Memphis to do the darn thing. So Yes, I love that. Yes, I want to get into some of this lineup because you have such a great uh, array of artists. And so, you know, Mackenzie Thomas, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen her, heard her, and like you said, just a powerhouse singer. Um, and what I think is special about this event is this verse for verse, right? With Dom McCoy, which I think, as you mentioned, those music moments, those memorable moments on stage where you're like, wow, I'm so glad I was here to witness this. And I think you have it set up to have those, you know, magical moments really happen. So tell me a little bit more about how you decided to pair McKenzie with uh, Dal McCoy. We really were supposed to have an event uh, in December mm. uh, with McKenzie. Uh, I, somebody reached out an opportunity investor was like, hey, I want to do something. I was like, hell, that was like, no, I'm done. I'm not, a, <laughs> I, I don't want to do anything. I just don't, I don't want to do anything. But I couldn't let them down. I know they really depended on and wanted me to, to come up with something. And so I was like, yo, what about Mackenzie Thomas? We're going to bring somebody. What about Mackenzie? You know, the Memphis artist. I said, people will probably know her, but it'll give us a chance to do good work on both sides. It'll give us a chance to promote her brand and also give our organization an opportunity to work with our artists and show what it's like to expose artists to different markets that they don't have heavy exposure in. Mm -hmm. So it was twofold. Um, first event didn't work out. Uh, it was it was not some things didn't happen that I wanted to happen and I uh, had to have some phone calls some conversations as only Jay Whitlow can you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> and I was like no this ain't gonna work mm -hmm. <laughs> um, got back to the table had just a random idea like I normally do and I said yo I don't want Mackenzie just to come down here and sing Mm -hmm. I need to do something that nobody else is going to bring an artist down here to do, to make a commitment to do something different. And I turn that finesse on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I turned the finesse on and I called and was like, yo, I got a dope idea. You know, we won't promote it like a whole versus battle where we got to talk trash or anything like that, but we will, we will promote it. They'll just go verse for verse um, and just, and we'll just, you know, pay homage to having two, you know, just two phenomenal singers on stage at the same time, creating music moments. And so we've stayed away from making it competitive because, you know, we in Memphis. So I feel like the first moment I put out there, like, who y'all think gonna win? Trash talking gonna start. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I didn't want any of that because we proud, we proud Memphians. We are yes. proud Memphians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, but you know, as I was hearing you just kind of talking about some of this backstory, right, to how this came to be, you know, I, I like the idea of a verse for a verse, because for me, that allows people, you know, these two phenomenal artists to really showcase their talents, their kind of specific, um, you know, magic, right, themselves, um, without having to be a competition, but more collaborative, um, more empowering, which is what I really hear you talking about 
through this event, right? Giving artists, giving DJs a platform to really just showcase their skills and their talents, but also, you know, connect them with maybe audiences that they wouldn't be able to reach on their own, right? And so I love, I do think that is um, something that, we do well in Memphis and of course can always do better, which is having that collaboration, having that, you know, empowerment across each other and not having to be in this competitive mode all the time. Um, because one thing that I hear a lot talking to people is they say, you know, if you can make it in Memphis, you can make it anywhere, which of course, you know, is a riff on the older saying of like, if you can make it in the Big Apple, if you can make it in New York. But I hear that time and time again with people, not just musicians, but people in a variety of industry say, you know, Memphis is the space that really honed all of my skills in order for me to go to other cities and really excel. But I love what you're doing is having Memphis artists and other artists that are kind of on the rise here in the city. Like you don't have to leave. Like you can still be appreciated here. Yeah, we, um, I feel like, excuse me, I gotta sneeze. <laughs> See, it's that spring. I didn't want to say in the intro, you know, spring in Memphis brings all the pollen. I wanted to keep it positive and say it brings all the music festivals. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm sitting outside just chilling, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think the time is now to be intentional about the decisions that we make when we're building um, entertainment. Like, I think for for me as a curator entertainment is more than packing a venue out uh in the capacity in which i serve I mean, i've been privileged to serve the city uh mm -hmm. in different capacities so I, I see things uh maybe a little different um but i see the big picture i know the impact that entertainment plays on the city overall like how a city can grow and develop how it can attract talent to the city how it makes people visitors want to come fill up our hotel rooms those things, right? The music industry has changed. Um, artist development, those budgets aren't where they used to be when we were growing up. So they're not developing artists anymore. If you're not coming to the table with 100,000, 20, 30,000 followers, likes, and, and, can, and can prove your own machine, you know what I'm saying? The likelihood of you getting a deal is slim to none. Um, and so in Memphis, you know, when you take an artist like Dal McCoy, maybe six or 7,000 followers, and you take a Mackenzie Thomas with 2 million followers, and you put them on the same stage, to me, it is a strategic brand partnership mm -hmm. that we've created. Uh, and it is and it's us being intentional about uh, exposing um, Dahl to the audience that Mackenzie is exposed to as well. In, in a non-competitive environment where women are okay with sharing and exposing someone when, you know, I know it's a competition and it's not, you know, it's no, it's no malicious acts or anything involved, but we have to be intentional in our city in order to build our music infrastructure. Uh, and so, you know, having a national artist on there and focus on independent artists, our, our goal for next year and moving forward is to continue to house an independent music festival in the city of Memphis called Listen Out Loud to where we are attracting independent artists from across the country to come and perform on the stage in Memphis, just the home of, you know, the birthplace of R&B and rock and roll to come here and launch their careers. And so we're trying to do our part with the social experience. We recognize in the music industry, now everybody's not signed. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make you a, a good artist or a bad artist but where do you find those artists that you listen to on your playlist? You know what I'm saying? That you can't ever find them on tour or circuit unless somebody else has the same musical ears you and decides to bring them somewhere. And in most cases you are, as a promoter curator, it almost costs you more money to bring in that type of talent because you're also having to use a push marketing strategy. You got to push the talent on people and convince people that this is the talent they want to see versus something that they've had repetitive. So it's a, challenge but it's necessary to grow that infrastructure and music in memphis that we need to to be an incubator of independent music so like we we just we gotta somebody's gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i absolutely love that you know i think it was so important what you were saying about you know having this intentionality 
Um, but it, as I was listening to you talk, it really, to me, it comes across as a deep love and appreciation for the city as well. Um, to say like music is, you know, kind of what you're interested in, and this is a way to contribute to moving Memphis forward. Um, I just love how you said, you know, entertainment is really what helps advance a city and grow a city. Because of course, when people are looking to move to a city or even, you know, other companies are looking to invest, they're thinking about, okay, what's happening in this city? Is this a place I'd want to live? But also what's drawing people to this city? Is this a place where people want to come to? And I think entertainment is such a big piece of that. Of course, music um, being a central piece um, and also just thinking about Memphis and Memphis history um, and that history of being a music city and a birthplace of all these different genres doesn't have to stay history, right? It can also be in the present moment recreating what that looks like, which is what you're talking about, right? Creating this incubator for national and independent artists to say like, okay, maybe I'm an up and coming artist. I know that coming to Memphis to the Listen Out Loud Festival, like being on that stage is gonna get me to that next level, right? It's gonna take me to that next level where I can grow my audience or even get some of that uh, music development as you were talking about because that's so true. Um, as we've seen, you know, it's like you already have to have all this know-how of the business before you're in the business. <laughs> so absolutely. Um, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about um, how you really thought about the artists that you wanted on the show, right? So you talked about Mackenzie and you talk, talked about matching her with Doll, um, but could you talk about some of the other artists as well? How did you, how did that selection process go? Because I noticed you have all the male acts opening for um, your main acts, which are the women, which I absolutely love. Um, but how did you decide or narrow it down? Because I know there is so much talent here. How did you narrow it down to who would be some of those other acts on um, for this festival? I wanted to have a diverse group, but I really wanted to, you know, the, the women have a grind, right? <laughs> they, I'm just going to be honest, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I have affinity for black men because I'm a black man, but the women have a grind. Um, but I also chose the artist based off of, I just, one, I didn't, I worked with a lot of artists and I don't want any artists to take this the wrong way, but I wanted to work with those who are not on a constant rotation in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, one for exclusivity of the of the event uh, mm -hmm. and give people a chance to know and a set of precedents for the, the the thing you may come and you may not sing along to all of the songs that the artists sing because they have original music that we got to get out there that we got to support we got to let them do their thing um and so we wanted some artists with some original music but it was it was the the grind, the level of participation that they and what they put into their own talent, their followers, you know, their videos and how much effort they put into their own craft. Because I could sit and book a good singer, right? But that won't have a return on investment long term as of what the event stands for. I wanted artists that were going to use this platform to help catapult themselves, to help put themselves out there, to continue what they're doing. Uh, those um, artists, and it's, it's not about Kiss the Ring, but it's about appreciating all the hard work that, you know, goes into curating the experience and convincing people to come out and pay money to listen to a song that they may not know, that they may not get a chance to sing along to. That's a difficult type of entertainment, mm -hmm. right? That's yeah. different. Um, and so we have, to, we have to do that too, but it's worth it because artists need an opportunity and I think artists that are putting their own money uh, to produce themselves and to record great videos and put their work out those are the artists that I that I feel like we can stand behind to to get Memphis to put momentum behind and they're talented right they're still talented artists um they're all talented and so that was yeah. that was the thing so. <laughs> Yes, an absolutely amazing lineup of local talent. And so for folks who are really into, you know, listening to new music and, you know, it's always those great moments where you can say, I was there when they had their first show or I was there or I remember listening to that first album. And there's also a lot of great um, pride for music lovers when you can say like, 
I've been following this person. I've been a fan of this person since, you know, right, 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 right. since I saw them at tw- in 2022 at the Listen Out Loud right, <laughs> Music right. Festival. Y'all are I've new fans. Fan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 people have um, music on Spotify and, and Apple Music. So like that's also important. So it's the follow-up. You get on the stage and you sing. Can somebody follow up and, and become a fan? Mm-hmm. And most of them we can. You can look them up. You can you can download their music. And so that's important. Yeah. But it's all about what we're it's it, it, it's 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 like a it's a beautiful partnership. We have to partner with all the artists. Um because it needs to make sense. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Sanaa, and I'm here with Jay Whitlow, creative director of Privilege Memphis and the event curator of the upcoming Listen Out Loud R&B and Hip Hop Music Festival. Uh, before the break, we were talking about just how you got together this great group of local artists, independent artists. And, you know, I noticed we have to talk for a moment about Tyke T, who is hosting the event. And I feel like just over the past year, you know, even in a pandemic, I feel like Tyke T has really been growing um, by leaps and bounds, right? And we can see all of the exposure and all of the national attention he's gotten. And so I think it's just so exciting, again, to see, you know, these up and coming artists who are really making their own path. And so I wanted to talk just a little bit about Tyke T and how you decided on him as a host for this show and what folks can expect when they come out i have um i have known tyke t for years uh when you're in this business you need people to have grace with you too (laughs) (laughs) you you need people that that are saying okay i'll work with you you know i'm saying i'm i'm up and coming tyke t's never given me any of that diva uh mentality or diva attitude and, and not trying to be disrespectful by diva but we know what we mean to turn diva just it's never been difficult to work with a uh, very a humble guy um he did our very first music fest uh i've been i've been a fan ever since uh, it's his energy uh, it's his energy um you know to your point you know tyke t had a billboard in times square like come on man come on man you know why we what y'all doing what we doing, Memphis? Why we not putting mood on the radio? I'm a whole mood, you know? <laughs> Why are we not bumping that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's our, I take that responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. I take that responsibility as a curator to do my part and to make sure that that brother gets the exposure that he needs. And I think when you look at, the reason why we asked Tyke T to host this year is because when you look at artists like that, um, I'm, I'm always interested in development. And so to me, he's he's good with music. He's not where he wants to be, of course, but he's he's good. And so why not give him the opportunity to shine his light in a different capacity, mm-hmm. right? For people to just get to know Tyke T, for him to host and bring the other artists out. Because he also earned, to me, the rights to, to, to host the independent musical festival, you know? Having music played on reality TV shows, power and things like that, he understands the the, the business side of it. And so I wanted to, again, this is the beauty of being privileged. We want everybody to exercise their right to be privileged. And so being privileged is doing, is hosting now, right? Mm -hmm. It is is stepping up hosting, opening up another door of opportunity for you to tell somebody else that you've also done this too. So, you know, somebody may call Jay Witt and say, I want you to put this event together, or they may just say, I want you to promote the thing. Mm-hmm. Two different pieces, but I get a chance to eat either option. And so let me help him create another opportunity to eat because he's already got a influential platform. And so now maybe somebody needs to see that he can host an event, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it's, again, it's being intentional and just having having the, the, the want to see other people succeed uh, and be privileged is is my thing, so. Mm-hmm. I I love that, you know, giving people the opportunity to really showcase all of their talents. So not just, you know, a performer, an artist, but also host. And then I'm just thinking about even for artists too, 
you know, there's a difference between performing, you know, inside of a venue versus performing outside, right? As outside versus performing as a solo kind of solo act versus performing, you know, as part of a festival lineup. So I think there are kind of a different variety of kind of skill sets um, that are required, right, for all of this. And so when you talk about creating this event to be an incubator, right, to really give folks an opportunity, not just to connect with other audiences, but also for themselves as to grow as a performer. I think that's so important. Just giving it, giving it the best we got trying to, you know, I, I, I tell anybody and when we were having meetings about the music fest, I was telling people like my, my goal is not, I know how we get down in Memphis, right? This is sometimes I feel like it's a get down and lay down. People don't realize there's opportunity for two of us to sit at the same table, mm-hmm. but I understand what a crowded table looks like as well. And so we're not here trying to step on any music organization toes. I'm not trying to be the studio. I'm not trying to do artist development in, in that capacity. I'd much rather sit in there. What I'm trying to do is, is, is also provide an opportunity for them to get on a big stage where somebody's putting lights up, where there's real sound, where there's money invested into a showcase, not just, again, there's nothing wrong with going to the club and seeing a live act. Those events are great, but there's still a difference uh being outside and when the lights are bright and shining and people are looking at you when promotion is heavy on you it's a different thing and so what i wanted to be known is like we have we can fill that space mm-hmm. yeah we can fill that space you're preparing artists and getting them together for the business and our programs and exposing them to small things we're pre- you prepare them for us to put them on a big stage for us to promote them at a national capacity Mm-hmm. That that point about really a pipeline, right? And everyone has a different piece to play that is very important. Um, we don't all have to do the same thing, right? We don't all like there are multiple ways to still support, in this case, support artists, but also support the city. And so I love that you've created this lane for yourself um, and for you know for these artists as well. I love that analogy though that you made about seats at the table, right? Because I think, of course, there's there's just so much emphasis. Um, and I think that people have really been pushing that analogy of like, you know, seats at the table, making sure everyone has a seat. But as you put it, you know, sometimes those tables can get crowded and sometimes you need, right? You need that different table, right? That different lane and creating that space for folks where everyone, um, you know, everyone gets a seat, everyone gets a plate and, you know, you can really enjoy yourself. So I love thinking about it in that way. Now I want to get into these DJs, right? Having the female DJs, which I absolutely love, of course, thinking about DJing, Um, as kind of a male dominated industry, but women DJs, female DJs in Memphis, we have quite a few. And so I love that, again, that intentionality of saying like, I also want to have female DJs and not just a female DJ, but a couple of female DJs. And I know that as part of this event, there's also a DJ battle. So I wanted for you to talk a little bit about, all right, what can folks expect from this DJ battle? And then tell me a little bit more about these DJs um, for folks who may not be familiar with who they are. That's like a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll be very fair. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know a lot of information about each of them individual DJs. Mm-hmm. I do know they're respected in their craft. So I had to do what most people do. My I did my Facebook research. I said, hey, friends, <laughs> I'm looking for some female. I didn't want to let the cat out the bag. Either. So I was like, hey, I'm looking for some female DJs for a client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to say, yo, I'm looking for a battle. I didn't want to do that. So um, people immediately just was dropping names on my list. And so I uh, put an email, I, 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 I DM'd every one of them, sent them a nice, you know, formal business letter with a little bit of my twist in there. Yo, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy, Jake Whip from Privilege. No. <laughs> um, and nobody responded. <laughs> what? 
nobody responded, right? And I was like, oh my God. So then I finally had two DJs respond. I was like, okay, it's just gonna be two. I can do that. I've already got sponsors. I done told people this is what we're doing. This can't, this can't go left. Then another DJ had another gig, another opportunity that I, I under completely understand they had to take for their career and I respect it. Mm -hmm. um, I was SOL. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I must have started going to every event that had female DJs calling and was like, and then one day, you know, the, the young lady reached out to me, um, DJ Kiva, man, reached out to me and said, yo, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Uh, and I think it was just breaking. I don't know them. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was getting that trust in there. And I think that battle form for female DJs is making sure that everybody's comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but once, you know, she helped him, she reached out. We had a, a dope uh, conference call. I wanted to be intentional about doing a Zoom. I was like, y'all got to see me. Y'all got to see this this excitement that I have. And also like this subtle babe. <laughs> um, but they were really... Um, really receptive and I believe they're talented and they come with great recommendations and they do this um three rounds the first round is uh I still stumble on the name but the first round is like it's like acapella and instrumentals right mm -hmm. and so it's it is meaning they're taking the acapella from one song and mixing it to an instrumental right. of another song and so to me that's the first round um who can what you, what you got what you right. got for every DJ got seven minutes, so they'll have seven minutes in that first round. And then the next one is um the freestyle round. And so we we know that every DJ, every DJ, and we don't want every DJ to be a trap DJ, right? right. Some some have an old school set that's that's out this world. Some have a new set that have us, you know, hopping in there. Someone may have the females twerking all night. But, <laughs> We want to still, because it's, it is about promotion of them, for them to be able to show who they are as a DJ. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last one is that straight turn up, because we're from Memphis. And so you got to, I don't care if you at the, the mayor's birthday party, there's going to be some point and somebody want to hear some ratchet. <laughs> so we got to turn up. So yes. we got to turn up set. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. But they are all respected. I know uh, DJ Zeta, uh, is with 107 and i think dj avius uh also works for i think the shelby county school radio station and so does kp the dj mm -hmm. um and i know space age does a lot of uh, things around the city so they're all well-known djs and are respected in their careers so i am loving this dj battle that is going to be so fun so exciting and I, again intentionality i think that's just the key word i love that intentionality of wanting female djs because kind of what you said earlier how you know you didn't necessarily have a lot of connections, right? That you could call up that were female DJs, right? And I think that's probably similar for a lot of folks, whether they are, you know, event planners or just planning, you know, a birthday or a celebration for someone that their mind is probably going to male DJs that they know. But we know there are a lot of great female DJs here in the city. So I love you giving them the opportunity to showcase their skill set, their personality, you know, to, to, you know, have folks know who they are. So when, you know, you're planning your next event, you know, there are a variety of female DJs that you could also uh, potentially reach out to. So that is really exciting. Now, I wanted to get a little bit more into some of the behind the scenes of putting together a music festival, because I think folks may um, have, be under the misunderstanding that it's just as simple as, oh, I'm just going to reach out to some folks and here we go. You know, like, here's the venue. Let's go. <laughs> and even to your point, when you mentioned like, hey, so I kind of sent out this this cold email to folks and nobody responded. Right. And I think 
you know, that is one of those challenges. I've heard it in, you know, again, in other industries where they're like, we were looking to, to get, you know, this person or that type of person. And we sent out emails or we tried to find people on social media. They didn't have a social media presence. I didn't know how to get in contact with them or I reached out and they never responded or it was weeks later. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the challenges, but also some of the opportunities that you've encountered in creating this event. I'm sure everybody wants to know, like sponsorship is, is <laughs> whew, one of the hardest things to do. Um, but what I tell anybody is that it, it, it didn't come with just this ass. This took years mm-hmm. of building uh, relationships with people. And I think that's what people, because I often get asked, can you help me get some sponsorships? And I, it's, it's, not, it's not simple like that. Um, you don't just have a bag of sponsors to just throw around at everybody's <laughs> event whenever they say they want one. Um, you have to strategically, you have to understand that company. You have to know what it is that target audience they go for and what it is they do. So you've got to do your research. Um, you've got to create the right ask. Um, you've got to create the right partnership. It's got to... It's really got to have impact. So like, I'm excited. We've got Memphis Brew Collective, Protect Our Aquifers, and Bill Street Brewing, mm-hmm. right? They are in the Closer Look Barbershop. They are all of our sponsors for our beer garden. Mm-hmm. Right, and so what makes it unique is that you got the beer that's locally brewed. You got Memphis Brew Collective, which is a group of, of you know, guys who, who understand beer and they do beer tours and they talk about beers. They can tell you everything that's in the beers. And so it's about, you know, them being over there to be in the space to talk about certain ingredients to mix and mingle with the people, Bill Street Brewing there. Closer look barbershop because we also, you know, equate beer to fellas, you know, in the barbershop. So, you know, we, that's that whole piece. Um, and good water makes great beer. And so if we don't protect our aquifers, we don't have good beer. And so we need people to understand how important protect our aquifers is, their organization and what they stand for and what it impacts. And so then we create a beer garden with those individuals there, Mm -hmm. right? Where it makes sense for all of them. And the experience that their customers get, not only is direct there, but they're also being entertained because what you, what you, we used to say when I was on parties, you're, you're as dope as your last party, right? Your, la- your last party's whack. Oh, well, you might as well start <laughs> over again. <laughs> you got to start all the way over. Um, and so when you have a dope experience with brands, like that's what makes people remember and longest signage is there. Like, oh, I re- I'm looking for a barber. Damn, when I was at the, I remember I saw a barber somewhere. I think at that beer garden, closer look. Let me reach out to them. I took a business card away. Let me reach out to them. Um, or Protect Our Aquifers comes up and they're talking about the pipeline and they're trying to run through the community. Well, you know Protect Our Aquifers. You had a great time over there at that damn beer garden, drinking that beer, reading the pamphlets and understanding that good water equals good beer. Well, you don't want to mess up your beer. And then it's the community at large. And so it, it, it just, it makes sense. So you have to know your sponsors. Um, you have to know what they need and you got to be able to deliver on those pieces and that's to me was one of the hardest things uh and then the track record the track record of doing good business knowing that somebody's going to call for a point of reference somebody's going to call somebody Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah and you need to make and you need to make sure you are good Mm -hmm. and you need to make sure you're good um but i i would say the hardest part is 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 the after after the event i think the hardest part is to follow up uh, are your sponsors and supporters willing to give you feedback? Because if they're willing to give you feedback, then that means they're damn near ready to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't have anything to tell you, then you might as well start over <laughs> again. And um, you you just, you have to keep going. You have to push through. I'm going to be honest. I had $2,000. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to do a music fest. How much your budget? 20 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna get it, but I'm gonna get it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it. Um, so I got it. <laughs> I got it. We're here. And you know what I'm saying? Like people, uh, we're here. Um, and so I just that is my thing to people. Just 
have your business in line. Mm-hmm. Be determined because people are going to tell you no. Mm-hmm. People are going to tell you no. And you, uh, no's are okay. No's are okay. No's are okay. No's are good. Um, yeah, I got no's from people that I didn't think I was going to get no's from this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, dang. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I thought I was gonna snatch that couple thousand from them. I thought I had that ace in the in the hole. Uh, but you got it. But you gotta be okay with it. You gotta be okay and know that it may not have just been right for them. Um, but other than that, just be organized. Have your stuff together. Lay it out. Know what your vision is. Be flexible. Things change. Um, have contingency plans. I got VIP. I got two spaces to put VIP in. I got to have it before. I can't just get there the day of and be like, oh, we got to make a change. You got to be ready. You got to be ready um, as best as you can. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's all I would say is just organize and just expect to wake up every day uh, to some type of adversity. <laughs> what you're trying to do. And as long as you have the expectation that adversity will damn near knock on your door every day, you're fine you're fine yes having that right attitude i think is is so important and that's kind of what i i heard as you as you were uh, talking but i think too something you said you know kind of when you started was cultivating the right ask like knowing you know what it is that you want to do but also presenting it in a way to where you're reaching out to sponsors or our partners where both of you have something to gain and being able to show them what that mutual partnership would look like and what that mutual benefit should look like it's not simply you know, everyone give me money or let me reach out to everyone. No, there's a specific vision that you have. And just you even sharing with us how you thought about the beer garden and the sponsors and having it a cohesive kind of story, right? Of why these sponsors, why this part of the event, you know, why this experience, I think just really is uh, a great example of how to create partnerships that really work. So I love that. Well, let's take another quick break. You're listening to Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. We're here on Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Sanaa, and I'm here with Jay Whitlow, the creative director of Privilege Memphis and the event curator of the upcoming Listen Out Loud R&B and Hip Hop Music Festival. Before the break, we were kind of getting into some of the behind the scenes or ins and outs of um, event planning, um, but really, I think, of building relationships, which is what you mentioned. And so much of business is building those relationships. And you mentioned something, you said, um, these were relationships, a lot of the sponsors you had um, were relationships that you've been building over several years. Now, I wanna get into kind of your background in creating events um, and really curating a lot of signature events that I think people do look forward to. I'm thinking about evolution of cocktails in particular um so give us a little bit about privileged memphis which i know is kind of the umbrella of some of these great events i started throwing parties back in college it was uh it was it was a party thing but i also was a you know i, I like nonprofits and i like politics and so i was also like a, the chapter and state president for like the naacp in tennessee and what I learned early was I found an opportunity to integrate both. I found an opportunity to take the party and mix it in that cool deal with the nonprofit organization. Cause I felt like they were missing out. Like, I feel like you had one or the other. You go to these student organizations and you're like, oh, this is just, this is too black. This is, this is boring. This is too militant. Like this is, this is not that like everybody's, talking over your head or, you know, doing the whole, just deep. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't fun. But I realized the messaging was important. What we, what we needed, people needed to hear that. Uh, and so I had started creating, you know, I did a fashionably loud fashion show with 207 and NAACP. 
to mix the both together that make it relevant uh, to what we were doing. I moved to Memphis um, and I decided to, you know, try it again. I joined the Memphis Urban League Young Professionals. Uh, you know, my daddy taught me at a really young age. And the listeners can take it how it is. I'm just confident. Uh, you see something that you want to change, like you jump in leadership and you change it. And so I um, got in the organization, went to a couple of meetings and was like, yo, uh, what we doing? Can somebody put me on the board? <laughs> And I did the, uh, they gave me a social and culture chair, and there uh, I was able to create the evolution of cocktails, not the evolution of cocktails, mixology, mm -hmm. which is, was the fusion of music, music, food, and art. Um, and that really catapulted, I think, my independent piece. I, it was my own thing. It was the first thing I had done outside of a 207, uh, promoting with the team. And it was significant. Uh, we mm -hmm. pulled out hundreds of young professionals. Um, and it felt good, you know, and Urban League wasn't mine, but that was my baby. Uh, we created, it was all, you know, the, that deal. And so we did that for two years. And after the second year, I decided it is, it's time. I read The Alchemist. I read <laughs> okay. The Alchemist before my 30th birthday. And um, I just remember the book talking about you know, being on your deathbed and all your dreams and ideas are talking to you now about why didn't you give us a chance? Ooh. Why didn't you give us a chance? And because at your deathbed, it is at that point, it is too late. Mm -hmm. um, and I told myself, man, I've done the things with groups, but I've never betted on Jay. Mm. Never betted on Jay. Um, and it was my turn to bet on myself. It was my turn to to really bet on me. Uh, I quit my job. <laughs> wow. I quit. I quit. I was working um, for Comcast Business. Uh, I quit. And I decided to do my own thing and take what we, what we knew to be business um, and really create this whole exclusive uh, our first deal was real. I think it just didn't go over well. It was something that's for everybody has no value. Be privileged. <laughs> <laughs> and it's tight, right? But I think people took me as arrogant, right? Mm -hmm. Like, who does he think he is? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it took us, you know, we had some stumbling blocks because people couldn't, couldn't get over that. Uh, and I'm a very confident person if you meet me, but I think if you know me, to know me is to know me and to know that I, I give everything that I have and I'm community driven. I just don't back down when it comes to being, being okay with me and what I, the information that I know and my talent. Um, so we did that. We decided to uh, do a couple of events. We were starting out a little slow, took a break, uh, got back into corporate America a little bit. I still did some dibble and dabble with privilege. Our mantra was we work, we give, we party. I was like, that's cool. We got to do it. That's cool, right? We work, we give, we party. This works. I like all three of those things. I work hard. I like to give back. And I like to party. It, this is the lifestyle that we should be embodying, right? Fast forward to COVID. Mm. COVID strikes. Campaign from Tom Steyer running for presidential campaign came knocking on my door and asked me to curate an experience for them. Uh, downtown Memphis. Uh, I did. Uh, event was great. A lot of people came out. I was asked to do it. Well, I didn't ask. I told them I got some pool in Chattanooga. Cut me a check and I <laughs> down there too. And I did. And I came through. Mm -hmm. uh, came through. Um, they asked me to do another one in Memphis. And I came through. So in about maybe a month, I had already done about 10,000. Mm -hmm. just offer relationships. But what, what it taught me was that privilege had evolved. I had truly got into the we work, we give, we party piece. And it was then that we changed the name from Privilege Memphis to just Privilege LLC because I wanted to open myself up to be a national brand. I didn't want to be Pigeon Hill to Memphis um, because now we were doing events in different cities. Um, and so it opened me up. I started working with Black Millennials for Flint. Uh, curating. They do this uh, uh, barbershop talk deal. And so Privilege uh, curated that concept for them, uh, gave them that concept. And so now they are taking that show on the road, Flint, New Orleans, 
They've done that. We worked on a small lead-free foodie project with them. We did some local things with chefs in a different couple of cities across the country. Um, we've worked with the Black Political Convention. So we found our a part of our niche. Like you, you find a videographer who can who who has all the nonprofits sold up because the nonprofits want the same look as corporate America, but they don't have that in between. And they're not, they, they, they do business with people that speak their language. And I speak the nonprofit language because I understand. But I understand they need this cool social aspect. And so we stepped in. And so we found like our branding and design piece, like event management comes with our biggest clients, which are nonprofits. So when you look at our sponsors, you've got Black Millennials of Flint, you got Protect Our Aquifers, you got Equity Alliance. You got people that we've strategically aligned with who missions that we believe in at any given time can call on privilege as well. So we've transitioned to not just throwing events, but truly embodying that we work, we give, we party process. Um, and Evolution of the Cocktails, the Listen Out Loud Festival, we've moved from trying to do small things to scaling up to doing several just major events a year. Uh, because that event is nothing but for us to house the people that we've worked with over the over the year, uh, the fans that want to see something dope, and a chance for us to partner with bigger brands and create some unique experiences under the privilege umbrella. It's kind of like uh, it's coming to it's like going to the bridal show. <laughs> we gonna put the biggest dress on because <laughs> we want everybody to come and see. You can come shop with us as well. So we want. Uh, organizations and business owners to come and enjoy us enjoy the event and recognize like your privilege can do this for us we can do this for your your brand portion of the proceeds like we are creating the black male reciprocity project uh, and that is focused on entrepreneurship fatherhood health and mental uh mental wellness when it comes to black men um it is it is being strategic about creating unique social experiences with, with black men uh, and spaces for us to have uh, conversations that allow us to be great fathers, to be great uh, divorced parents, if necessary. How do you co-parent? Yo, how do you deal with that? What, what needs to happen? Um, how do we deal with our mental health? How we, when we, I think we talk about men being emotional. It's not about men crying. Um, more so it's about men not being afraid to open up to their friends and express like how they feel or to be able to have that genuine conversation and not be demasculated and not be um, the masculinity not be tested or tried mm -hmm. because they they need to get through something. Um, when it comes to education um, and mentorship, like how do how how are we caring ourselves as black men and how are we creating spaces for our young black boys uh, to grow up in? We can sit around and talk about what we don't want to see. So that means the responsibility to be the things that we want to see so that these black children have a chance. Um, and not to get too deep into that, but when we just think about the prison, the school to prison pipeline, and we understand now when we're looking at girls 23 and 24, and we're looking at the rates in which black women have graduated college versus the rate of black men. And then when we take it a step further and we look at why aren't black men and black women potentially compatible salary wise, mentally wise, like all of these things, we forget about 15 years ago, there's a different pipeline for them. Our black boys were being pushed to prison and our black girls were being educated. Mm -hmm. The house was tore up before they even got a fair chance of being adults. And so we've got to, as black men, like, yo, we got to step up and do our part too. Women have stepped up. Women have stepped up. Women have stepped on the line. They put themselves in the forefront, but we, we, we have to do it too. But I also know like, yo, men don't, we don't also sit around and do all the talking either at some of these <laughs> social events. We want to get, do a little action, have a little beer, get a little action. We don't have to have all the formalities because we'll fight. We'll do whatever we need to do. And so it's me curating those spaces and letting me know like, it's okay. Uh, we can do this. Um, and that we have to first be black. Two, we are our genders. Mm -hmm that makes sense we are black first and so mm -hmm. we can't have time for black women and black men to be on different pages when it comes to black progress um, and so we try to use some of our money to fund those things because being a nonprofit doesn't allow you to say the things that you want to say or stand behind I said things you want to stand behind and we want to stand behind whatever the people in the culture needs in order to be privileged 
I love that. You know, when I, I was listening to you and there was so, so much there that I thought was really um, inspirational. Um, and so for folks who may have missed some of this or joining us late, you know, definitely listen to the replay on wyxr.org or subscribe um, to Let's Grab Coffee in podcast format wherever you stream podcasts, because there is so much there. Uh, but for me, as I was listening to you, what I was hearing was how you are really intentional about creating a pipeline, not just for talent, like we talked about earlier, right? The whole reason kind of where how this conversation started about the Listen Out Loud Music Festival and starting that pipeline for independent artists. But even, you know, here, as you were talking about creating a pipeline for advancing um, Black families, Black culture, right? And thinking about what I think is so important, that mental wellness and that creating those spaces in particular, as you were talking here, for Black men to really connect with one another, to talk, to listen, and to still feel pride in themselves as Black men and not feeling like their masculinity is somehow being um, questioned or minimized. So, I love that. I love that intentionality and the phrase that you used earlier uh, in thinking about partnership was being strategically aligned. And I think once you know what it is that your vision and your values are making those decisions of who you partner with, because becomes so much clearer and not just in business, but in personal <laughs> as well. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I think you know, even your story, which thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think it bears out in your story too of, you know, sometimes what was, you know, aligned with you at one point is no longer aligned with you later and not in a negative way, but simply in an evolution way, right? As you grow, um, then some of those partnerships might dissolve and new partnerships form, but it's based on that personal growth. And you mentioned one of my favorite books, The Alchemist. So I, you know, I love, I love that, you know, it just came up, but I think that's, you know, it's so perfect for this conversation. And just thinking about wherever folks may be in their journeys, The Alchemist, such a great book to really think through, you know, what is it at the end of your life that you want to know, like, I did that. I did pursue the goals and dreams and visions I had. I don't have to have some sort of regret or remorse at the end of my life. And I think you really, um, you know, so far your journey, you know, right, is really shifting towards making sure you are pursuing those goals and visions that you have. So very inspirational. Thank you so much for that. Um, I know we're almost at the end of our, our time this morning, but I wanted to give you the opportunity for folks who are listening. Um, how can they learn more about the upcoming event, Listen Out Loud Music Festival, but how can they um, stay in touch with what privilege has coming up as well? So follow us. You can follow uh, Privileged. It's underscore be privileged um, on Instagram uh, with Privileged Memphis on Facebook. Um, my personal accounts J underscore underscore Whitlow. That's because I was determined to have J Whitlow, and I don't know who else thought they was gonna have it. <laughs> so I had to take it too. So we got two underscores. Um, that's just the family side. Uh, Privileged is the business side. Um, and you can find the links to all the events uh, under on all of our profiles to the Eventbrite. Get your ticket. April 16th is going to be a super dope show. And my last little tidbit of intentionality, why I chose Bill Street Handy Park is because back in the day, my great, great grandmother's family had a beauty shop in Barber Salon on Bill Street. And so I also feel like there is um, there is a spiritual uh, ancestral connection uh, there knowing that at one point in time when Bill Street was all black like, like there's some of that blood runs through my veins as well and so I get a chance to do this as well uh, to do something on this street too uh, and so that is uh, that's a special thing to me um, I know we're not like all those other big families in the city but it, it, it means something to me uh, to know that uh, this entrepreneur piece that I have in my in in in, in me is in it, it is deeply rooted in in the roots of who I am, um, and so 
that's why we're there. But other than that, yo, this is going to be a great show. I'm super excited. Like, if you guys can see me, I'm all smiles. Like, <laughs> in my car, like, I can't wait, right? I, I, I can't wait. Um, and I just so thankful for everybody who, who stood up this time and said, man, we're going to support you. We're going to support this vision. We're going to support this. You deserve the support. Um, and it's been, it's been, it's, I just make the phone calls, yo, honestly, and they've been, they've been good. Memphis Tourism, I just got to give them a shout out. They've been so dope. And Downtown Memphis Commission have been uh, incredible. So that's, that's it. And thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you again to Jay Whitlow of Privileged LLC for joining us this morning to talk about the Listen Out Loud R&B and Hip Hop Music Festival happening this Saturday, April 16th at Handy Park. Tickets available on Eventbrite. Such a great time to listen to artists, maybe some that you've heard of before, some that you haven't, but have a great time. Um, experience those unforgettable music moments. This is going to be such a fun experience. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. And for today's positive note, you know, there's something that Jay Whitlow said that I think bears repeating, which is that you have to bet on yourself. And so for folks who are listening, I know there is something that you feel compelled to do, you feel called to do, and maybe this is your sign to go ahead and take that step and to bet on yourself. Well, this has been Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Sanaa. I am here every Monday morning. I can't wait to have you back here with us. And for folks who want to listen again, definitely listen to the show on WYXR.org. This show and previous shows are archived there. And you can always subscribe to the podcast format, Apple, Spotify, wherever you stream podcast let's grab coffee wyxr but i can't wait to have you back here with me next monday morning